Welcome to the Jesus Collective Podcast. This is where we explore third-way leadership in a polarized world, and we ask what it means to keep Jesus at the center through it all. We hope you'll find the conversation meaningful and that it equips you in your context with fresh approaches to facing some of the most challenging leadership and ministry questions of our day. And hey, if you're new to Jesus Collective, welcome! We are a relational network of churches and ministry leaders with a vision to unite equip and amplify a movement that is all about Jesus. You can look us up on social media or head to our website at JesusCollective.com to learn more, find out what it means to get involved, all that good stuff. We'd love to hear from you. All right, let's get on with the podcast. We are here today with Mark Baker. Um, Mark is the uh, professor of mission and theology at Fresno Pacific Biblical Seminary. And this is a conversation that um, we are really glad that we can bring forward to you today because we think that this is a timely conversation for the polarized world that we live in. And, uh, and so, Mark is, just brings a lot of experience to the table today. He uh, spent years on the mission field in Honduras. He has served in campus ministry. He leads a uh, weekly Bible study in jail. Um, Mark, as a resident or a visitor? Visitor. Okay, as a visitor. And, uh, and he, is, uh, he brings a sense of scholarship, uh, of deep scholarship, especially around um, a lot of like New Testament ethics as it, it relates to discipleship and how we live out the peace teachings of Jesus. Uh, Fresno Pacific is a Mennonite Brethren Seminary, so it has roots in the kind of theology of the Radical Reformation and uh, Mark has become a good friend of ours, and we are just thankful uh, to have you here with us, Mark. Welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, welcome. So, John's given us a little introduction about you, but maybe you could spend a minute giving us a little bit of information uh, from your perspective. Like, what is your role, um, your specialty, and your seminary tenure, and a little bit more detail about this scholarship that John is referencing? Yeah, so just um, to, to add to what John said, so he mentioned that um, I was a missionary in Honduras before uh, coming to the seminary. And so my, my academic field of study is theology. I have a PhD in theology and ethics. Uh, and, but at the seminary, because of my experience in mission, I teach both mission classes and theology and ethics. And actually my Theology dissertation was heavily centered on Galatians, so I yeah next semester I'm teaching a course on Galatians as well. Um, if I had to just sum up, okay, what's your you know academic specialty? One phrase I would say I'm a contextual theologian, um, and so I am not someone that um, you know was in college and just thought yeah I want to be a scholar and teach it. I actually running away thought I'd never go to grad school was done. Um, and so my academic work is rooted in mission. And I think, you know, all the books I've written, they've all grown out of some situation that grew out of something I encountered in um, mission. So contextual theology. I've heard the best theologians have a newspaper under one arm and a Bible under the other. Yeah. And I have always loved that picture. Like it's a great, great theology. Quote. Yeah, it's terrific. Um, 
So today's topic is a uh, third way. Our podcast purpose is third way leadership in a polarized world. And today's topic is third way churches. Um, so let's, let's roll in there. There's a couple of terms that are bouncing around. Um, bounded set versus centered set is the thing that we've talked about quite a bit here. Can you give us a little bit of your perspective on maybe starting with third way and then dabbling with some of these terms that come up as we discuss third way churches? Okay, so let me, um, yeah, I, so I have um, used the terms bounded and centered for, in my teaching for, yeah, I'd say over 20 years now. And um, these come from uh, Paul Hebert. So Paul Hebert was a Mennonite brethren um, missionary in India. And anywhere, if you, you know, Google bounded and centered, there's, you know, you'll find it in podcast sermons. It's uh, becoming increasingly popular using these terms. But just to know that, um, you know, anyone that uses them, they go back to Paul Hebert. And the, and the reason we know that is because they're actually mathematical terms, bounded set, centered set, fuzzy set. And Hebert took them and applied them to groups and then um, to churches. So just to, to explain the categories quickly. So a bounded group, a bounded set is a, creates. Yeah. And the question is how a group determines who belongs, who's part of the group or not. So bounded group does that by creating a list of essential characteristics that determine whether a person belongs to that group or not. And anyone who meets the requirements is considered in the group has a clear boundary line and it's that's static. And so then you have a uniform definition of those who are within the group. And yeah, more than words, I think the, the picture. So the picture, a, you know, a circle that's drawn and whoever's within that circle meets the requirements according to that line. And the line determines who's part of the group and who's not part of the group. Um, so that's a, a bounded group. And I'll, I'll talk about churches in a moment, but just leave it at groups for the moment. And then sort of the opposite of a bounded group um, is a fuzzy group. And you get that by yeah, erasing the line. And so the, the, the and these are actually on a continuum between bounded and fuzzy. There are two different ends. And as, as yeah, so a fuzzy group, when you pull that line away, um, then there is not this yeah, sharp, distinct way of determining who's in or who's out. And with time, yeah, the group will tend to um, lose its yeah, sense of identity because it's, it's, it's fuzzy who belongs. Then a, um, yeah, a third way alternative, and in the sense that th this is a binary, we have centered or, or bounded and fuzzy. There are two two things, but then a wholly different paradigm is um, is called a centered group. And so a centered group has a directional and relational basis of evaluation. I remember the same question. How do you determine who's part of your group? So a centered group is created by defining a center and observing a person's relationship to the center. And so then the group is made up of everyone uh, that's moving toward the center. So I talk about, yeah, I, I say people with their arrows, you know, is their arrow pointed towards the center, away from the center? And that's how you evaluate whether someone belongs or not. So 
So that's what, yeah, Hebert brought that from math, applied it to groups, and then he talked about churches. So let's go to churches and um, we'll go uh, a little more slowly. So if we go with a, um, a bounded church, and so think of this. So a church has a line and it could be, you know, beliefs, rules, behaviors, that determine whether one's part of the church or not. Um, so that's called a bounded church. And yeah, an important part of clarification I want to make here is when we talk about bounded churches, um, at least myself, what first comes to mind is what we might call a more legalistic church. So a church, you know, with a list of rules. And many of us have been in churches like this or know of them, um, you know, so rules of don't smell, don't smoke, don't drink, don't dance, things like that. And, um, and maybe certain beliefs that you have to affirm to. And that is the line. Um, and that's true. That is a bounded church. But, um, I think it's very important to not limit it, limit, um, boundedness to just legalism. Um, so, and yeah, to, to borrow from a, a great third way, Jesus centered, um, theologian, Vernard Eller, who was, um, who was one who, yeah, brought me into this movement in a number of ways. And one time we were talking and he, he was in a more, yeah, mainline, uh, progressive church. And I was, you know, frustrated with the boundedness of my church and, you know, railing against it. And he said, you know, Mark, um, my church is just as judgmental as yours. It's just that we're judgmental about different things. We're judgmental about, you know, our political position. Um, yeah, well, he just gave a list of things. And there were these sort of positions rather than my church's list of rules. So you can be bounded in that sense of legalism, doctrines, things like that, um, but a variety of things. Um, I was, I was part of a church in Honduras that was definitely not legalistic. Um, but we were proudly not legalistic. I mean, we were as bounded as the legalistic churches we had fleed from. So boundedness is a problem. It leads to judgmentalism. You know, the people outside of that circle, they feel excluded, feel shamed. People within feel a sense of, yeah, lack of transparency. They're afraid to be open because what will people think of me? Therefore, in reaction to boundedness, you know, what's the solution? Well, clearly you look at this and it's, it's this line that's causing the problems. So um, let's get rid of the line. Um, but, and then you get a fuzzy group and it's true. So the, a fuzzy group takes care of the judgmentalism of the line but it creates new problems. So a fuzzy church, um, yeah, with time will have less sense of strong identity, but also there's not, there's, 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 yeah, a moving away from um, things that are appropriate, inappropriate beliefs. There's a hesitancy to make demands of anything and even have a basis for conversion. Um, so solve some problems, uh, Creates new creates ones. Creates some other ones, right? And it uh, gets difficult with time. So Can we have I ask the a question mark. Option. Yeah. So question on this. So this is really great. 
Uh, and I love the, like for those who are listening uh, on our podcast channel, Mark has some diagrams of, uh, you know, these arrows pointing towards the middle uh, with no, you know, no bounded line that's kind of defining people being in or out. So you're applying this to group identity. I've heard people apply this to theology. Can you say something about that? Say more. How do they apply it to theology? That people are doing theology, they're holding theological beliefs in a way that is um, bounded set or fuzzy set or centered set. So, you know, uh, so help us uh, make this little leap to how people use this filter for how they hold theological beliefs. Okay, so... So thinking back to the bounded group, and this is very important. So the line in a bounded group, um, like I say, it can be rules, but, uh, you know, some churches are very, who take beliefs very seriously, can be much more bounded in relation to beliefs than they are into behaviors. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where, too, you know, like you could be a very progressive church and think, oh, yeah, we're way past that judgmental legalism. But you are your identity is in your beliefs and you use that as a tool. And I I did this, um, you know, in, in a part of my life where I was. You know, proudly had a sense of superiority because I had figured out some theological things, but I was just as bounded as I had been when I was, you know, 18 and felt superior because I didn't do all those lists of things on the rules. So it can be, um, yeah, beliefs, behaviors, um, you know, styles of worship, you can, anything yeah. you could use in there that separates and puts us between. And then again, so that's a problem. So then you erase it. But then your beliefs can become fuzzy. So you're reacting appropriately, saying we don't want to be judgmental about our beliefs. But if you erase the line, then, well, beliefs themselves um, become fuzzy and beliefs are important. Therefore, we need, I think, a third way option, which is this centered approach. And so in a centered church, um, Jesus is the center, the God revealed by Jesus is the center. And what we're doing is rather than having a line that determines who's in or out, we're looking at people's orientation towards the center. And so what's important here is unlike a fuzzy group, there, there is a way of discerning. You can, you know, you look at it and say, well, is someone heading towards Jesus or not? Mm-hmm. And if they're not heading towards Jesus, then they're not part of this church. Um, so there's an openness that it's not, there's not the necessity of being judgmental right at the beginning of, are you across the line or not? But there's a sense of, are you orienting towards Jesus? Mm-hmm. And, and a point that Hebert makes, it's very important is in a centered church, you can be quite far from the center, but if you've made a turn towards Jesus, then you're you're part of this community. And there, and that's OK. The, the group does not have the necessity. Its identity doesn't um, depend on everyone looking the same and believing all the same things. So there's space for saying, yeah, you're headed towards Jesus. You're um, part of our community. Um, so it so, seems like things are held uh, in a centered set church. It seems like things are held a little bit more openly for people to kind of uh, directionally progress towards Jesus, maybe at their own pace or in a way that 
may not, um, yeah, just maybe, maybe not as, uh, I don't know, clearly identifiably externally Christian, but their, the progress of their life is moving towards Jesus. Whereas you, you might have some Christians who actually might look more Christian on the outside, but their hearts might be wandering actually away from Jesus towards a rule or that boundary where they're putting their kind of faith in, in that. Is that? Yes. Yeah. 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 Well said. So this visual is incredibly helpful with this anchor point in the center because our human nature is so uh, drawn to drawing a line in the sand, like give me clear boundaries. I mean, we like that sensation. And I, this visual is so helpful because it still gives us an anchor point. There's still an anchor point, but we are no longer holding each other um, to which line in the sand you're on. Um, but you've said, like, don't limit this to legalism. Like, this could be um, a specific belief or a behavior or a rule. Or I was thinking, like, church model. I've very much seen um, uh, in my own life a bounded uh, perspective around this church model is better than those or the only right one. Or So, how... Um, how does that work? That becomes the new anchor point in this visual. So let's say we are working to hold a centered set idea, not just around the concept of Jesus, but you name it, a, a belief, a theology, a whatever. This thought then now sits in the center and we are orienting ourselves around that thought. Like I, I can see how it works with the Jesus concept. How does it work when you go to apply this centered set thinking to other yeah, so um, in a um, in, in in the book I'm working on, you know, I say that uh, churches will have. So I just proclaimed, you know, Jesus is the center, and so I'd say, yeah, Christians um, in a centered church model, Jesus is the center. I think we could all say that. Um, but in reality, you know, different churches will have different centers because your center is um, is more than Jesus. You, you bring in, you know, um, your, your particular set of beliefs, different, um, you know, ethical commitments and models of worship. You know, all of that can be it's what you define. This is who we are as a church. This is our point of identity. Um, so then with all of that, the difference is between centered and bounded is um, in a bounded group, you draw this line and you use it as a way it's the line becomes what defines the group um, and whether people are in or out. Whereas in the centered, um, the center defines the group and its orientation towards that center. So whether we're talking about, yeah, you know, so for um, a peace position of a church and say, yeah, you know, we're, we're a third way church, the way of Jesus, we proclaim peace. That's part of our center. That wouldn't be part of every church's center, but that's part of our center. So in a, a bounded peace church, there would be a much stronger sense of in or out. You know, you're you're either with this position or you're out. And 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 you feel that I'm, I'm sure most people listening, you have felt what it's like to be on the wrong side of that line. Whereas in a in a centered church, I think you could say, you know, we are a Jesus church 
we're a peace church. This is part of our center. This def- this part defines who we are. We take it very seriously. And then the person says, you know, I'm not sure about that. Well, but we don't immediately say, well, sorry, you know, this is who we are. You're out. There's the opportunity, you know, hey, let's let's have conversation. Let's read the Gospels together. Let's, you know, come and walk with us. Um, so a pastor I interviewed for the book, um, Weldon Nisley, um, was pastor of Seattle Mennonite Church for many years. And, and he said, you know, he would say to people, um, if you journey with us, walk with us, I think you will come, you will find yourself drawn to Jesus and this position with us. Um, and in a centered approach, he has the space that he can do that. Um, but then he would say, and if you don't, you know, if you find, you know, this is not me, then he said, then really, I don't think this is probably the church for you. And I will help you find a different church that would be a better fit. And so that, yeah, I think that little, that captures, I think, spirit contrast between centered and bounded on a specific point. And so, Mark, um, it sounds like, though, you're saying with the centered set that there is no boundary. So when we're talking about Jesus, we have to have something that describes <laughs> what we mean when we're talking about Jesus. Isn't that a boundary? If, you're, if you have to use something to define Jesus, wouldn't that be a boundary? And then so how does, how does that work? Does the center have no boundary or no way of describing what Jesus is? Great question, John. Um, and one that, uh, yeah, someone usually asks right about this time in my explaining these descriptions. So let me uh, give you my, my three, uh, three standard responses to that question. So three qualifications or clarifications of a centered, um, centered church. Um, so one is a centered church is not Christianity light. So because, because Jesus is the center. And so orienting your life towards Jesus has implications. So it's not, it's not that bounded is serious Christianity and centered is a light version. So that's one thing. It's not Christianity light. Then it's not a rejection of all boundaries. Um, And I think I'll, leave our diagram now. So it's not a rejection of all boundaries. And what, uh, so I want to clarify what I mean with this is, um, for instance, yeah, as, as pastors, leaders, we work to have boundaries, you know, in relationships, right? And we're taught that have boundaries, you know, if, if, um, you know, you go to a counselor and tell you, you need to work at your boundaries in this issue. So boundaries are good things. Uh, psychology tells us, yeah, without limits, without boundaries, we'll, we'll, we will not be in good health. Um, and I think it's quite appropriate for a centered church to have boundaries between acceptable and unacceptable behavior, beliefs, etc. Okay. Um, when I say bounded group, the group is bounded not just because it has some boundaries, but when I say bounded, it is the sense of using a line as a means of judging who belongs and who doesn't. So bounded group boundaries 
come with them, bring with them a sense of superiority, judgmentalism, um, in and out superior. Whereas, yeah, a centered church can draw lines of distinction. I mean, even say, say you know, baptism is a line. You're on one side, you're baptized, right. you're on right. the other. Um, but a centered church would not use those lines in a way of uh, creating a sense of superiority of an in-group and out-group exclusion, things like that. So personally, I don't use the language of boundaries just to help with confusion. But conceptually, uh, yeah, I strongly affirm, yes, a centered church will draw distinctions between things that it affirms and things it doesn't. And if it if it didn't, then it would become fuzzy. So not Christianity light, not a rejection of all boundaries and not universal inclusion. And I think this is a very important point because um, I think people can, can assume, OK, yeah, we get rid of the boundary line. So now, you know, just everyone's in. And again, that would be fuzzy. And so um, I'll quickly use the, the example I, 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 I give on this, um, yeah, whether talking or writing about it. So um, I, I talk about playing soccer or um, football and most of the rest of the world. Um, so if, if it was a bounded soccer team, you know, you have to make the team, you have to be good enough, that's bounded. But if we had a centered soccer, what would that look like? So it would be like, say, hey, Three o'clock Saturday afternoon, if you want to play soccer, show up at the park. And then it would be a centered soccer event. And what would determine whether some whether someone is part of the soccer centered group or not? It's they show up. They want to show soccer. So they're oriented towards soccer. Okay, so now we're playing. And it's not they're not saying, oh, you're not good enough, Mark. You got to go home. You know, you didn't you're too old. You didn't grow up playing soccer like these younger people. They, it's it's centered. They're going to they're going to include me. Um, OK, but now suppose we're playing and I pick up the ball and start running with it. Someone is going to say, Mark, we're not playing rugby. This is not American football. Only your feet. You can't. They point to the goalie. Oh, you know, only she or he can use hands. OK, so we start playing again and I do it again. Mark, no, you can't. At some point, they are going to tell me, Mark, you know, you can't play. You can watch if you want to go home. If you're going to play with us, you have to play by the rules of soccer. And so that's the same thing. A centered church, there is an in and out sense. You, you, you go with the center along with it. And there are times when the church will say, you know, that is not who we are. Mm -hmm. um, so not Christianity light, not rejection of all boundaries and not universal inclusion. So welcoming openness, but not just, hey, everybody's in. So it actually does have a center. It actually does have beliefs. It actually has, you know, a description of of uh, the living Jesus. It's just the way that it relates to those beliefs might be different than a fuzzy or a, or a bounded set church. Yes. Okay. That is fascinating. That's a super helpful. That that uh, pickup game versus soccer team is so helpful. Uh, and including if you start playing a different sport, like we're going to talk about it. We have to talk about it. Yes. Uh, 
Okay, so a couple of times you've mentioned the book that you're working on. You've referenced that. Can, can we give a little shout out to that project right now? Sure. So I, um, as I mentioned, I've used these categories from Hebert for um, over 20 now, 20 years now in my ethics class and in, you know, seminars in Latin America, here in North America, other places. Um, and, and hopefully after, yeah, listening to me for 20 minutes, talk about this, you think, yeah, he does pretty good at describing these categories. Um, and that's, yeah, years of practice talking about these categories. Um, but about, you know, after, yeah, an hour or so in class of talking about things and doing questions, someone would say to me, one of my students would say, okay, Mark, but, um, you know, how do you do membership in a centered church? Or they would ask a specific situation, you know, this is going on in my church. What do I do? And I would have to say, I don't know. You know, I'm a seminary professor. I lead a jail Bible study. I, I haven't actually dealt with that. I don't know. And there was no resource that I could point them to and say, you know, that is a right. great question. Go read this book or, you know, watch this, whatever. Um, so it came to a point where I thought there needs to be a resource to answer those questions. Um, so I decided I want to write a book that not only describes the categories, but talks about then how to live out a centered approach. Um, so that's the book I'm working on. But yeah, as you just said, what did I say? I don't know the answer to these things. So I could not write this book myself. And I knew that. Um, and so I didn't even make an outline for the book. Um, mm. I did the my field research first to find out the answers to this. So what I did was I... Um, I, yeah, I, I interviewed former students who I knew were seeking to apply the centered approach in their ministries. Um, I went to the meeting house because I, I knew that, um, yeah, I, Bruxy doesn't use the, the centered bounded fuzzy language as much as I do, but I knew he was, yeah, teaching in that direction. And so the meeting house was a place where I could interview a whole lot of people at one point to get input on this. And so based on those interviews, I then have, yeah. So how many churches, Mark, did you interview? Excuse me? How many churches did you interview? I interviewed uh, over 40 people. I, I would guess, I don't know, maybe 10 different churches. I'm, I, I don't have to count on the churches. Okay. Good question. So we have, we have like 10 minutes left before we do Q and a and, um, Angela and I were in the chat here, you know, scheming the next question. Uh, so I got appointed to ask, can you give us a, uh, like a very clear case study of, of how this plays out in a differentiating way? So let's say we're in a, a home church or a small group. We're having a discipleship conversation. Uh, and how, how does a centered set church experience this? maybe differently than a bounded set church or a fuzzy set church. Okay. Um, so let me, let me start by saying, I think the key switch, key change for me from before my research to after my research, um, I had envisioned in this book, sort of doing what just what John asked of having case studies of saying, OK, like I just said, membership. How do you do church membership? Here's a case study. You know, what do you do if there's a couple living together? 
Here it is. Um, you know, case studies on, uh, you know, disagreements over something. What and I, that's what I pictured the book being like five or six of those pretty in depth. And what I what I quickly realized was there is not a there is not a underlining the a capital A. There is not a centered set way of doing church membership. There's not a centered set way of dealing with a couple that's living together. Um, so uh, what I came to see and what I emphasize first in the book is more character and quality. So what is necessary to do things in a centered way? Um, and so the characters and qualities of that became uh, much more yeah, significant. And then that what you bring that to the different things. So, um, so yeah, in this chapter on, on, you know, character, I talk about the importance of um, compassion, curiosity, creativity, um, uh, vulnerability, safety. Um, and that those are things that we must bring to those. Um, let me, um, so let me let me think of an example. Um, and yeah, just to, to highlight um, distinction here. Um, so and what I do. So I there are there are lots of stories in the book of people dealing with situations, but I tell the stories to illustrate um, qualities and approaches. So, for instance, uh, in a centered approach. You put um, people over rules. Um, okay. So a yeah one one pastor I interviewed um, Scott Carolyn. He's a he was a pastor at a, a on a pastoral staff at a large multi site church here in Fresno, and so he said when he became you know started working being centered, the um, the key question he'd meet with pastoral staff and he'd ask, um, what does it mean? to love this person? What is best for this person? So whereas a bounded approach would just say, you know, they have done X, therefore we must do Y. So they're, they're living together and therefore they need to stop living together and get right. Or, you know, leave, be in discipline. Um, whereas they'd say, uh, what, what, what's most loving for this person. And so from another church, uh, um, Dan Whitmarsh in in uh, in Washington State told me a story of where yeah where there was a couple living together and so they they came together and the the elders are meeting what are we going to do about this and so what they what they decided um, and it, it happened spontaneously and 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 Dan it's great I mean he he says you know I felt in me like you know you you gotta you gotta make this clear and you know he could feel the boundedness and coming right. out like bounded rising up yes but yeah. um but one of the elders said you know um these people probably have lots of issues like you know is it is really the best thing for us to go in and talk about this one thing and so he said i propose why don't we select one couple from the church to walk with these people um and yeah, journey with them and see, you know, what the spirit does and where the spirit leads. Um, so that kind of approach, um, I would say, is centered. 
And just very quickly to give two others to just to say, yeah, it's not one way. I have another story in the book where, um, yeah, a pastor and an elder sit down with a person and, I mean, very directly say, we think you need to repent. Um, and I won't go into what the whole story is. But, yeah, I mean, that is that's strong language. Um, and, you know, you w- just wouldn't find that in a fuzzy church because, oh, what's the person going to feel? What are they going to think? And you might think, yeah, would I be bounded because of the person? But here's the thing. And this is a key, key point. Um that uh, something else I yeah came clear to me in doing the research. Uh, you can't do a centered church on your own. So you can't just mm-hmm. be, um, you know, be the pastor or be the small group leader, read my book and be all ready to go. I'm going to do centered. Th- the group itself has to be centered. And so why that worked in that particular situation, I think, is because they had talked so much about a centered approach that when the pastor went to that person, um, he could say, okay, you remember how we've talked about centered? And the, and the person says, yes. And then he says, okay, well, this is what we're doing it. And he checked in with him repeatedly to say, are you okay? So he could use that language because the person understood the centered perspective. Um, one last one. Uh, and uh, Dan is here with us. Um, so I, I, yeah, he could say this much better than I. But yeah, I'm sitting in a coffee shop in Seattle with with Dan and talking about this. And and I say, so, Dan, give me some examples of how your Jesus centered church. How do you deal when people get you know off track? And Dan said and I, I'm there with my, um, you know, my pad all ready to write. And what 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 great you know list of stuff. And he says when someone comes to me, and he said, so usually it's someone else in the congregation, they say, I'm really concerned about my friend. They're, you know, doing X or they're, you know, wrapped up in this. And what Dan says is read the gospel with them, read Mm -hmm. one of the gospels Mm -hmm. with them. Um, And, and so how Jesus centered is that? I mean, you're literally bringing the person to Jesus. So I mentioned that just to give that spectrum of, I think those are all centered approaches. Um, and they're centered in, but they're not centered in the, the specifics of it, but it's what is brought with it um, that comes along. Okay, that was so so torrent of words. What, uh, what do you think? Well, the, it makes me think about like one of the blind spots of maybe um, the a majority of churches that might show up for a conversation like this would be the fuzzy set. So let's, can you run that same scenario through... Uh, churches and your experience to kind of amalgamate, like how would a fuzzy set church handle something like that? And what do you see as some of the, maybe some of the, the, the things missing or the blind spots from a fuzzy set perspective? Cause that's probably where most of us in this conversation uh, need to maybe differentiate between fuzzy and bounded and move closer towards, or sorry, fuzzy and centered set and move closer towards the centered set. Yeah. So I think, um, as I said, I think centered is or bound, fuzzy is a very understandable reaction against bounded. And it yeah. takes care of the judgmental issue. Um, uh, but fuzzy has a number of weaknesses. And um, yeah, I have a, a great story in the beginning of the book um, from Dustin Maddox, who talks about his own experience of himself you know, being uh, 
I mean, not that he used the language, but, you know, strongly committed fuzzy. But he said the longer he was in it, it, it just became so um, lukewarm and, and just, yeah, in, in a certain sense, kind of boring, you know. And so he said that the, the thing, um, yeah, th there was a sense of we'll walk with you, but it's, it's about niceness and not loving confrontation. Um, yeah, here, maybe here's a story that captured fuzzy, no, not captured, an aspect of fuzzy. So um, one person said they're, they're talking to a friend and the friend said, uh, yeah, and the, the person was heading towards marriage and then pulled away from it. And the friend said, oh, I'm so relieved that you didn't marry her. And the guy says, well, why didn't you say anything? Yeah. Where were and, you? And I think that's the sense of in the fuzzy, there's such a resistance to, you know, I don't want to make the person feel bad. I don't want to come across as judgmental. So you don't say anything that would make them feel that way. Um, whereas the person saying, but if you love me, say something. Um, and I just want to be very clear that and I try to be, yeah, not set up, uh, straw men in the book or straw, you know, images that there is love in all these churches, yes. right? I mean, th there is love in bounded churches and there's love in fuzzy churches that the, it, the thing, it's not that center church has love. The others don't, there is the possibility for much deeper, more authentic, transparent um, love in a centered approach than in the other two. Um, yeah, I, I, when we were doing the pre-meeting about this, you had said, and it stuck with me, you had said you thought that centered set churches tend to be relationally deeper and spiritually, maybe spiritually relationally deeper, because in, a, in the bounded set, it's, let's just skip to getting to the rules and getting, getting the behaviors right. And, and then in the fuzzy set, they just don't go there relationally. So there's a there's a ceiling to the relationship because it doesn't penetrate to those deeper places because what are they thinking and am I being judgmental yes. are we being legalistic and and so we just don't go there but in a centered set church discipleship context you can hold it loosely and go deep relationally and not in a spirit of judgmentalism and I just I thought that's so brilliant that that what a key kind of differentiator uh, that that is. You can see yeah. why you got to the place of wanting to call out characteristics and traits. Because um, right. in the scenario of the two friends where the one was withholding what could have been very helpful truth. Yeah. Uh, you can see how curiosity comes into play in whatever conversation should have come up. Right. If it, you know, the bounded set might say you shouldn't be marrying her and the fuzzy set says nothing at all, but the curiosity and the relational yeah. depth of a centered set allows the conversation to happen without the assumption that the speaking friend knows better. It, yes. it's, it's just a conversation. It's, right. oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Let me, um, let me say one more thing that, um, yeah, I, I, it's just a got one minute, Mark, before we transition. Uh, importance here is, to Jesus at the center. And so, you know, this is a model. Um, and I think it's a very helpful model. But back to something that Angela said, you know, uh, I, I heard a great sermon um, just from a couple of weeks ago, Debbie Blue, you could look it up, I think it was November 22nd. And, and she was said, you know, 
we as humans, we seem just drawn to the over against us. So the polarization yeah. that's in the title today, you know, in and out, it's there's a sense of for me to be good, there needs to be someone who's bad um, for me to feel in. There needs to be an out. Right. And um, mm-hmm. centered set goes against that, doesn't require that, but we cannot just do that on our own. It's not just that we, you know, hand out these diagrams of a centered set and say, okay, let's do this. It is the Jesus of the center. So Jesus in the center is not just, well, that what makes this diagram different because we oriented Jesus. It is experiencing the gospel good news of Jesus, that we are beloved, that our identity is in Jesus. We have a place at the table because of Jesus. It is Jesus that enables us to live in a way different than what Debbie Blue said is just this, you know, this human orientation to othering others so that I can feel good. So in a centered, it's not just um, and again, I think this is a different boundary. You can have boundaries. Like, okay, we preach the gospel. People get saved. They're in. In a centered, we recognize we must continually proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, that we are liberated from the principalities and powers. We are loved and accepted because of what Jesus Christ has done. That is something that we need to hear regularly, repeatedly uh, for a centered approach to function. Right. That's brilliant. All right. We owe it to our live audience to transition into Q&A. They've been doing a great job of the chat. We're going to go way back up to the top of the chat to a question that Gary had asked. So here's how Q&A is going to go. Um, when we call on you and your question, would you please unmute? We're going to highlight you on the screen. So you have the ability to ask your question directly to Mark. So we've given heads up to Gary. Uh, Gary, will you take that question from way up at the top? We, that was terrific and I think it would be helpful. Here he comes. We can see him now. Oh, sorry about that. Right. I am trying to refine the question. Oh, it was about the fact that you could have multiple centers, I believe. Oh, yeah. So the, the original question was, if we all have different definitions of Jesus, wouldn't that just give us multiple different centers? Um. Like you could define Christ-like love a certain way, and I can define Christ-like love a different way. And it, from my perspective, it just kind of muddles the the waters a little bit. But I'm also new to this whole thing, so yeah. So, um, so I in in this book, I state, uh, yeah, make you know, it's really clear. I am I'm writing, thinking of an individual congregation and individual ministry. I, I think when we get bigger than that, it gets um, more difficult. But I would say, well, sure. And that's why as a church congregation, defining your center is very important. And so coming around and yet yeah, recognize that there are differences and defining what these are things we agree upon and that are in the center. And then we can have some other things that, yeah, we disagree, but on our centered word agreed. So, yes, there are differences so I think in an individual centered congregation, it's a very important thing to define what your center is and, and come to agreement on what is center. All right. Thank you. 
That's great. Um, yeah. So go ahead. And if you have another question, would love to uh, have you put that up in the chat. Um, ben White had put a question in the chat a little bit earlier. So Ben would love for you to chip in your thought to Mark here. Hey, um, similarly to uh, Gary, um, I've been chatting away, um, mostly you, opi mostly opining. What was my question? Uh, yeah, no, you were uh, up, up in the chat. I noticed that you were talking about we were using that marriage analogy. And, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, the, yeah, that was that was more of an opinion. I guess I, I, I'll turn it into a question. Um, what if the um, what if we could consider the um, this couple that comes into the church, they're living together. Um, what if we considered them married? Um, and they're as married as they are right now, and they could get more married. And, and our goal would be to, to open their eyes to the fact that they're married, um, as opposed to getting them to do a ceremony and sign some papers. Well, sure. Um, so, I I want this book to be used broadly within Christianity. Um, so I make very clear there are not particular centered positions. So you just articulated a position mm. about marriage and I'd say, yeah, blessings on you. Work with that. Do it in a centered way. But someone else sitting right next to you could think, no, we couldn't do that. And I would and I would say, fine, work with your understanding of marriage and do it in a centered way. So uh, my interest is helping whatever your particular um, positions are, work at them in a centered way. But I don't think I don't think there is a centered uh, position on, yeah, we even say to get away from marriage, say, you know, baptism, right? So um, in, yeah, as a Mennonite, I, I mean, adult believers, baptism is very, very important. But yeah, I have friends that are Presbyterian, they disagree on that. Well, I want them to operate in their realm of baptism in a centered way. And the same way I, as a Mennonite, we need to work at that in a centered way. So centered is not a theological set of beliefs. Centered is the way you hold and relate to those beliefs. Is that what yes. you're saying, Mark? Yes. Thank you. That's wow. Okay. Thanks, Ben. Okay. We have just a couple of minutes left in Q&A, and we've promised to go to Rand next. Rand, will you unmute yourself and ask Mark your question? Sure. Um, uh, so... This is my introduction to fuzzy and bounded and centered. So that's really interesting. I came here like with uh, some thinking about the third way generally. And I was kind of wondering if you, how would you explain the relation of, of third way positions to like the things that they synthesize? And I'm asking this specifically because uh, in doing political work, I've kind of seen a lot of arguments for third way get really close to doing like a both sides or like false equivalents kind of thing and uh, which is pretty uncritical of like 
like it uncritically dismisses like all political actors in a way. And I was wondering if you've seen this happen and how you have conversations about that or deal with that if you've seen it happen. I didn't, yeah, try again. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so with the third third way, like does, does the third way have a set relation to the positions that it's putting together? And like, how do you avoid falling into like false equivalencies and stuff like that when you're trying to like put together a third way position? So I think I will, um, yeah, let John or Angela speak more for the third way in relation to what I was just saying. Say, yeah, that um, certainly the third way um, will will work at having from a center perspective, work at having some core things of belief that they affirm and say, yeah, this is our thing. Um, but yeah, I'll. I'll give it to you on the latter part of his question. Uh, and I'm so I, I would need it restated for one of us to or for me to answer what the latter part was. Oh, he said, how do you avoid? I think false binaries or something like that. Yeah, false. No, like false equivalencies. So it, it kind of just oh. seems like if you're working from a centered position, right? You have a set values and. So then like some positions uh, are closer to those values, right? And I guess this is just something that I've personally been dealing with and I'm sorry if it's not uh, actually relevant to the conversation. Uh, so my apologies on that. But I was just wondering like how you like, if you have all these, if you're trying to avoid polarization, how do you, how do you also avoid like just kind of equating everything to be the same in order to synthesize like a, a third way position? So are you saying Rand, um, there's this, uh, kind of both and approach, which means it's, it means everything. And then it means nothing at the same time. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah. That's kind of how it sometimes comes off to me and how it's been, uh, you know, how it's yeah. been expressed to me in the past. Yeah. And maybe this comes down Mark to third way versus centered set. Are they the same thing or are they, are, can you use them interchangeably? Or are they different things? Okay. So literally centered set is a third way. I mean, you have, bounded, fuzzy, I say, <laughs> let's get off of that continuum. Yeah. Here's a third option. Third, so third option. It's a third option. Uh, and uh, centered set is Jesus centered. Third way is Jesus centered. So there's certainly overlap, but I would, yeah, I would say that third way is a bigger category um, than centered set. And that centered set is, an approach that coheres with a third way. And what would be the difference from your working knowledge of both? Both. Oh, both. So, um, okay, let's see. Well, and so one is to go the opposite way too, that I think um, churches that aren't third way can seek to apply a centered approach with their thing. So third way is, you know, particular theological, ecclesiological commitments rooted in the radical reformation. Um, and so that, yeah, it just feels like a broader stream. It's a way of being Christian following Jesus and centered set is a particular model of discerning 
who belongs and who doesn't in a way that leads to, I think, yeah, a more authentic way of following Jesus. Okay. That's super helpful. Okay. And just, yeah. just for our new new friends who are newer to radical reformation stuff, uh, the, I'm from the Anabaptist tradition and Jesus collective kind of flows out of that stream. And uh, we would say the third way is we're not Protestant and we're not Catholic that we were this third stream that's, that can't be put into either of those binaries. That's where that kind of flows out of from a theological tradition. Um, and, and I just want to say too, Jesus collective is a third is a centered set uh, network. Like we hold our, we do have a center. You can go to our website and look for the theological center. It's very clear what, what we believe, but we hold that in a centered set way, which allows for diversity within, within the conversation partners and the partners within the collective, because we are orienting towards Jesus, not towards our doctrinal statement that has to be held in fine particularity by everybody in the same way. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a way that we're navigating, applying centered set to how we do things at Jesus Collective. That's amen. That's a great note to end on. Thank you to Mark. This has been so stimulating. There is a lot more, obviously, behind the scenes that Mark has uh, researched and written about. Mark, thank you for this time, for your insights, for your courage and vulnerability in hashing through what is rightfully messy and uh, undefined and helping us put language to it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Great questions. And yeah, just to, uh, yeah, I've talked about, I've mentioned this book a number of times. The book I'm talking about now is Centered Set Church will be out in a year with InterVarsity Press next November. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Uh, We are up again for our next podcast in January. Uh, We're going to, on January the 14th, we're going to interview Andy Stanley. Uh, Jesus Collective is hosting a conversation between Bruxy Cavey and Andy Stanley. And Andy's been on a journey of uh, really coming to a centered set, Jesus-centered perspective from where he started from uh, years ago. And it's a fascinating conversation in the making. And we would love for you to like join us live for that conversation. Uh, and there will be details about that coming out on our social media channels. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out JesusCollective.com where you can hear stories, find info about upcoming events and workshops, maybe even explore getting involved through partnership as a church or an individual leader. Listening is such an important part of our journey as an organization. So please feel free to reach out to us with your ideas and your feedback. Drop us a message on social media or you can email us at connect at JesusCollective.com. Here's to keeping Jesus at the center.